0: i Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thank you for listening. On today's show, I'll speak with Nicole Ramos, Director of Marketing and Communications with Omnitrans. Nicole talks about their services, including their travel training program, where a staff member will travel with a rider until they're comfortable with the process and their route. She also discusses their participation in a beautiful benches project. Omnitrans is seeking Inland Empire artists to paint unique art design on their concrete benches throughout San Bernardino County. Submissions are open now until November 27th. Also on the show, KVCR's Shereen Wad speaks with Daniel Beld, a scare actor at Not Scary Farm. He shares the audition process for this seasonal gig, how he gets into character, and how he gives people a fright for a living. It's a job you don't always think about. But up first, it's my conversation with Nicole Ramos, Director of Marketing and Communications with Omnitrans. Welcome and thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Lillian. Thanks for having me.
0: So Omnitrans, been around a long time. I've ridden the bus, especially when I was a little girl and uh, would go from Rialta to the Central City Mall riding the bus. So tell me about Omnitrans, its overall goal and mission.
1: So we've been around for almost 50 years and we provide service to the San Bernardino Valley. So 15 cities, unincorporated county. We have 26 bus routes. We have bus rapid transit, um, which is sort of our dedicated lane limited stop service, SBX. We provide service for people with disabilities in the community. We provide free fares for students, K through 12, and college students that are local to the area. So really our, our goal is to provide connectivity uh, for our community. And the primary reason that people ride the bus is to get to work into school.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about some of those special services. You, you, students get to ride. What was the, how does it work for students? And are they high school, college students? What students are we talking about?
1: So Omnitrans launched in 2020 the Free Fairs for School program, and that allows students that are K through 12 students, so up to age 18, in any School in our service area, any of the 15 cities that we serve, to ride the bus free anytime. Wow! All they need is their student ID. Cool. And yeah, they can ride free to and from school, extracurricular stuff, um, you know, the movies, the park, wherever they'd like to go. Really? And that's been really successful. As a matter of fact, this year it expanded countywide. So not only is OmniTrans providing that service, but we also have Victor Valley Transit. Uh, basin Transit, Mountain Transit, are doing the same thing.
0: So it's really a great opportunity for students. That's terrific. I love that that opportunity is there for them to get from point A to point B, and, and it's not going to cost them anything. All right. Tell me about some of your, maybe your special needs or your people with disabilities or veterans. What do you have going for them?
1: So, of course, we have reduced fare, half fare for our people with disabilities, seniors, and veterans in our community. And then we also have travel training that's available. So if you're unfamiliar with riding the bus, we have staff that will come out and ride the bus with you and familiarize you with the system until you're comfortable.
0: Wow. Let me stop you right there. So this is really important because some people I think might be fearful of doing that because they don't know where they're going to go or where they're going to end up when I'm in New York and I have to take the, uh, the subway. I'm like, Oh, I wish someone could show me where I'm going to end up when I get to my destination. So you're saying they're called travel train like a travel training class or break that down. Yeah. It's actually, it's travel training. So there's a couple ways that
1: can happen. It can happen as part of a group. So for example, a school class or something like that, or it can be individual. And in the individual's case, one of our staff will come out to your home or wherever you feel comfortable meeting, kind of talk about what your needs are, what your transportation needs are, and then work with you on how to ride. So some of the safety tips about, you know, how to ride, um, wait, where to wait for the bus, as well as how to pay your fare when you get on. Some people aren't familiar with the fare box and right. where to put your money in. Yeah. How to know when your stop's coming up, transferring, all those things that are important when you're when you're out and about and like I said they'll they'll ride with you and then they will shadow you and sort of ride behind you while you do it on your own and and it's a gradual process until someone becomes comfortable traveling independently.
0: So I have a son with special needs and he doesn't drive, but this mm-hmm. would be a great way instead of mom and dad being the parent hovering over him that somebody within Omnitrans could ride it with him and teach him and he'd learn by, you know, doing so is that kind of what this is exactly yes and it's available
1: for seniors or people with disabilities uh, free of charge in our service area
0: that's really cool all right I've often wondered when people ride their bike and they're being very health conscious or it's a form of transportation or maybe your bus doesn't get to that final leg of their Mm -hmm. destination how do they do that do the bus drivers allow enough time to get that on there and get them how does that work
1: Yes, all of our buses are equipped with bike racks. So most of them are equipped with three bike racks, so three bikes will fit on board. And then our SBX vehicles, which is the bus rapid transit that's just between um, Cal State LA and Loma Linda University, um, those buses have space inside the bus for bikes, same amount, three bikes. So as the bus approaches, if you're waiting with your bike, the operator can see that you're there. You simply go to the front pull down the, the rack, place your bike on, and then when you get off, sort of a wave to the driver that you're going to be getting your bike off. And it's a pretty quick process. We actually have a lot of customers who utilize it and kind of mixed use, their transits mixed use. So they're walking, they're riding their bike, they're using transit and kind of combining all of those into their, into their travels.
0: That's very cool. i I don't like keep people waiting like behind me, and I feel uh, conscious, like you know, self-conscious if I'm keeping other people waiting. So mm-hmm. knowing that it's really not going to take that long and they can still ride their bike um, would be gratifying for for me if I was, you know, taking my bike. I'd want to be able to not hold people up, I guess would be where I was coming from. Let me reintroduce my guest is Nicole Ramos. She's the director of Marketing and Communications with Omnitrans. All right, tell me what is Omni Access? So, Omni Access is our service for people with disabilities who are not
1: able to use our regular fixed route bus service. So, it's a little more of a customized service. It's curb to curb. There is a qualification process, and then there is a reservation process. So, you do need to call and make a reservation for that service. And then they will come, for example, to your house, wait at the curb for you to come out board and then take you directly to any destination as long as it's in OmniTrans service area, and that service operates during the same hours that our big buses operate.
0: And what is your service area? Is it the Inland Empire or just San Bernardino mm-hmm. County? Tell me, where, where is your service area? Right. It's a little, yeah, it's a little hard to
1: explain. So it's okay. a San Bernardino Valley. Uh-huh. So it's basically county line to county line. So okay. on the west side, we go out to Pomona. On the east side, we go out to Yucaipa. Okay. And then on the north side, Rancho Cucamonga. And on the, to the south, it's Chino Hills.
0: Got it. Okay, real good. All right, now you mentioned this a little bit, transit centers. What are transit centers? Is that where we're going to get off something and transfer to something else, like the name implies? Exactly.
1: So most of our transit centers are mixed use, so there'll be buses as well as trains, like Metrolink for example, or the new aero rail train that goes from San Bernardino to Redlands. Um, And it's somewhere that you can sort of come together, you know, and extend your trip wherever you want to go. So our San Bernardino Transit Center for example, you can ride Omnitrans, Metrolink, Mountain Transit, Victor Valley, Riverside Transit.
0: You can even get a bus to Disneyland. So it's a lot of regional connectivity. (laughs) That is pretty awesome, giving people the opportunity to get from point A to point B and not always just for school and work, right? Yes. Unless you work at Disneyland, then I guess it would be okay to do that.
1: Then does it really work, though? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they might think
0: so. So let me ask you about Omni Access that you were just referring to. Could that be used like Monday through Friday, the same destination every day, so that you can count on it Monday through Friday?
1: We do have a a number of of clients who use it to get to a workshop or a facility they go to every day and say, Um, stay for a period of time, that's called subscription service. So that is available and you can register your trips up to a month in advance. So if you have a regular trip, you can just kind of do it once for the month and you're ready to go.
0: Okay. Now, all the information that you just discussed, if people wanted to know the more detail of what you've shared, is it all on your website?
1: It is omnitrans.org.
0: Now I'd like to talk about a grant that was designed to beautify our community in omni-trans benches. So tell me about this opportunity for artists in our region.
1: Yes, it's called our Beautiful Bench Project, and it's an exciting opportunity for local artists. It's something that we're able to provide through a grant from the California Arts Council. And we're going to be painting 50 of our benches, throughout the community. Everyone's kind of seen the concrete bus benches that are out and about um, along the streets. And it's a way to kind of beautify them uh, as well as pay, pay tribute to our community. We suggest that artists utilize themes of local culture and heritage in their work. Um, it's all original artwork. It's open to anybody who lives in the Inland Empire and is 18 or over. And you do actually receive a $1,500 stipend if you're selected to participate.
0: Wow, I think this is really cool. And I did look at some of the previous ones that I, this is not the first time that this has happened because I saw other benches. Were those Omnitrend benches that I saw?
1: Yes, we actually did a smaller project like this as part of another grant that we were working on. And it was so popular, people love them. We've gotten great feedback. So we decided to apply for this grant that's just
0: specifically for art. Yeah, I think this is really cool. And I, I almost wonder if maybe those benches get less graffiti on them because maybe people like the beauty of it. I don't know if, they've, mm-hmm. if you've checked out any of that or if you could verify that. But in my mind, I think maybe they'd be less inclined to graffiti it because some of them are, um, you know, they're all very different and unique, but just beautiful.
1: Yeah, they are. They're gorgeous. And, you know, initially we did have some concern about, you know, artwork being protected. So there is a treatment on those benches. However, we've never had an issue with any of the benches that uh, that have been painted. So I think people really have embraced it as something that's, you know, part of the community and something that beautifies the community versus just sort of being... A utilitarian bench on the street.
0: Yeah. And so if listeners who are artists or not artists, or maybe they want to you know, <laughs> dabble in painting something, what is the process? What do they have to do to apply for the, the stipend or be a part of this project?
1: Okay. So you can apply on our website. It's omnitrans.org backslash beautiful dash benches. That is the website and the, all the information is there. You fill out your application, let us know what kind of work you want to do, and then it will go through our process of selection, and then artists will be notified in January if they've been selected, they will receive their stipend, get to work, and then in May of 2024, we're going to be hosting a community event, showing off some of the work that's been done, and showing off the beautiful benches.
0: Well, I think this is really, I love this. I know sometimes you see utility boxes that have been wrapped with Mm -hmm. artwork. It just makes what is typically there just so much prettier and more environmentally pleasant to look at, I guess. Definitely.
1: And it's, you know, the word's gotten out about our benches. We actually had one that was featured at the Cheech Museum in Riverside recently. So again, people really like them. People bring their friends out to help them paint and it really becomes, a nice community project.
0: So since you've done this before, the painting doesn't have to happen in one day, or does it have to happen in one day? It doesn't,
1: no. Okay. The artists can paint at their own pace. We'll give them a location. Mm. Um, we have several throughout the, the many cities in our area. And then they can kind of work at their own pace. There will just be a date that we need it completed by so that it can be featured as part of that community event.
0: And I imagine the paint has to be a certain paint so that it adheres to it and stays on it and lasts for a while?
1: Yes. And all the specifications are on our website, so all the details you might need.
0: Perfect. When is the deadline to submit?
1: Deadline to apply is November 27th.
0: Good. They have a little bit of time to come up with their idea of artwork and and show it off. And then you guys choose from that. They must submit some kind of maybe JPEG of something so that you can see what it's going to look like. Either a sketch of what they like to do or
1: maybe some work that they've done. Ah. And then, as I said, we'll notify them in January those who are selected, and um, get started.
0: Very good. Well, Nicole, I think this is a great project. I really like the fact that it's going to beautify. Artists will get a stipend and get to show off their artwork. Thank you so much for sharing.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, and I hope we get
0: a lot of great applicants. Submission for Omnitrans Beautiful Benches Project is open now and closes November 27th. To learn more about Omnitrans, visit us at kvcrnews.org slash Lifestyles, and click on today's show. You're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. We need to take a quick break, and when we return, KVCR's Shereen speaks with Daniel Bell, a scare actor who was portraying the wizard at Not Scary Farm this season. Yikes! I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. I'm Lillian Vasquez. This month, you'll find all kinds of Halloween events, whether you prefer family-friendly fun or downright scary thrills. If the latter is your preference, one option is to enter a haunted house, if you dare. But for our next guest, being a spectator wasn't enough. KVCR's Sharina Wad speaks with Daniel Bell, who works as a scare actor at Not Scary Farm. Daniel talks about the experience of being on the other side of the fence, the person whose job it is to terrify and entertain
2: unsuspecting guests. Describe your role this year at Not Scary Farm and the attraction where we can find you lurking in the dark.
3: So... I am in Camp Snoopy, which is themed as the Gauntlet, which is based on a medieval kingdom. My character is the wizard. His primary purpose, he was brought in by the king and the queen of the Hellshire, and they wanted to maintain their reign. So they found themselves a wizard, and I made them and the entire kingdom immortal.
2: Wow, I love that there's a backstory to it. That must help you get into character, I'm sure. Um, Immensely. So do you remain inside the maze, or can you also be found out in the fog, like in scare zones?
3: So I'm in a scare zone. The gauntlet is the scare zone in Camp Snoopy. So you can find me every night wandering around in that area.
2: What is the Not Scary Farm audition process like? How do you actually prove that you're scary?
3: So it's not just about being scary. Everyone thinks, oh, it's not scary farm. I'm supposed to be terrified. No, it's more about interactivity, especially in the scare zones. We like to bring people into that backstory to make them feel like they're part of what's going on. So in the audition process, it's usually pretty straightforward. They call people in in groups. They will have us all act out certain things. Like, everybody standing where you are, be a werewolf without using any sound. And then be a scary clown, only sounds, no movement. And then you kind of mix everything together, start moving around. And finally, they walk everybody through one at a time. And you just kind of move through the room and scare at either people or fake people to show, this is what I would do as this character. This is a brief look at what you could expect from me as a monster.
2: I love that because it does seem like it would be more immersive if you're not just there to pop out and say, boo. That's why it's so effective. It really is. Yeah. So when you clock in each night, you have to get into makeup, right? So is there a professional makeup artist or do you do your own?
3: If they are requiring you to be in a makeup position, which I am this year, they provide the materials. So they have several makeup artists. So I clock in at 7.20, and I'm in the makeup chair at 7.40. By 7.55, I am in costume, in makeup, making my way out towards where I need to be for the night.
2: Oh, got it. Okay. In what ways do you interact with the public? Is it always a jump scare, or do you use sound or follow them? What's your best scare tactic?
3: It's changed every year. So I started in mazes, and in mazes, it's definitely more pop scare. You have 10, 20 feet to interact with a person, and they're just constantly moving through. Whereas in a scare zone, I can follow somebody the entire length of my scare zone. As long as they are not running from me, I have 20,000 square feet To get into your head, to give you terrifying nightmares, or just to be a presence through the zone. This year, given that my character is more slow moving, very methodical, I a lot of times serve as a distraction for some of the other faster characters. So people will be looking at me walking through the zone, this very, you know, fairly large imposing figure, And then from out behind me, one of our smaller characters will jump into a slide and slide through a group of people or just kind of jump out from behind me and do their pop scare. And I make fun of the guests for being scared of a peasant, you know, something like that. So i this year at least, more focus on that crowd interaction aspect. So I will interact with the guests, figure out why they're in my township what has brought them here. I have a few gigs that I do with some of the guests. Like I have a uh, crystal ball that I carry with me and I tell their fortunes and it's always something terrible. So (laughs) just things like that to bring them into that storyline.
2: Okay, that is so interesting. There's so much more to it than I thought. And overall, how many different monsters have you been able to portray and what has been your most memorable experience or the craziest story?
3: So, so far, I've been something different every year. So I've done five separate characters. Craziest experience was my rookie year. I was one of the few people that was allowed to use a chainsaw in a maze. So that was absolutely fun. And obviously, the prop does a lot of the work for you. So far, my favorite character is, honestly, the wizard. It's Renfair gone bad, which I absolutely love. I feel like right in my element with this character. It changes and gets more more and more in-depth the further along we go, but it's already been fantastic.
2: That sounds like, honestly, the most fun you can have in a job, truly. But besides your scare zone, besides the gauntlet, are there any other mazes, shows, or attractions that you would recommend not missing out this year as it is Not Scary Farm's 50th anniversary?
3: So we have three new mazes this year, one of which is in Camp Snoopy. It's called the Chilling Chambers. It is a scary farm history maze hosted by the Keeper, which is a reincarnated sinister Seymour who was the first host of Knott's Halloween Haunt. And it's also a throwback to the first maze of Halloween Haunt, which was 10 Chilling Chambers. So this is the Chilling Chambers. The other two new mazes, one is a backstory for the goring 20s scare zone. It's called Room 13. And the other is a differently styled maze than we usually do, where the scare actors aren't so much in and around you, but they're kind of popping out of little spaces built into the maze, and that's called Cinema Slasher. Aside from that, we have several different shows, one of which is The Return of the Hanging. And that, from everything I've seen, is right back to what it was before it got canceled, just making fun of everybody in a kind of lighthearted, half-serious way. And then, of course, there is the Monsters, Music, and Mayhem show, which takes place at the Charles Schultz Theater. You know, It's just a good combination of music and, again, looking into the history of Not Scary Farm with all of our different hosts from Sinister Seymour, The Crypt Keeper, Elvira, And just the music through the years and all of the great things that have made Scary Farm what it is today.
2: And I think that's the most exciting part for me is the history because I was 11 the first time I went. And Elvira was always a presence, I remember, from Not Scary Farm. So definitely looking forward to that. And as for you, did you enjoy horror as a kid? And if so, what got you into it? Do you remember the first time you were captured by that world?
3: This is kind of a slightly embarrassing story. My first horror movie as a kid, I thought was a commercial because there was a commercial that was very similar to the beginning of this horror movie. I've only seen it the one time. I've never been able to find it again. But for whatever reason, this whole thing stuck with me. And I was like, oh, I love this commercial. I was five or six at the time. And I ended up sitting through this entire horror film. And I was like, when did my favorite commercial turn into this nightmare? <laughs> And then after that, I didn't do much horror until I was much older. And my first time at Scary Farm was only 10, 12 years ago. But from that point, I was like, wow, this is is really interesting. And then I started getting more into horror films and actually enjoying them. And now I'm like, I love it. It's a genre that I truly enjoy. And getting paid a little bit of money anyway to go out. And just be part of this madhouse that is not Scary Farm is kind of a dream come true. It's a labor of love because the hours are terrible. And it's it's a fun job, but it is still a job. You have to be there. You have to work. You have to put your best foot forward or your worst foot forward in this case. But it's still a lot of fun and meet a lot of great people It's kind of like a very large extended family. We all pretty much know each other, and it's an environment where it doesn't really matter who you are. You're welcome, and you are family. It's been a lot of fun.
2: It sounds so much fun, just as fun for guests and for the talent alike, so that is really cool to get that behind-the-scenes look into what it's like being, you know, the wizard. So thank you so much, Daniel, for talking with me about this. And I wish you all the luck this season at Not Scary Farm.
3: Thank you very much.
2: Not Scary Farm is open Wednesday through Sunday nights,
0: now until October 31st. To learn more, visit us at kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on today's show. As for me, I do not like to be scared. So I'm going to pass on this one. You can find me at a friendly Punkin Patch. If you're looking for additional Halloween activities in our region, the Ramona Pageant Amphitheater presents Boo at the Bowl, October 27th through the 29th, in Hemet. This family-friendly event features a host of ghosts and a pre-event concert. Ram's Express Car Wash in Mentone is having a haunted car wash, October 27th and 28th. I'm not sure what that looks like. And the Rock Church in San Bernardino will host a Trunk or Treat on October 31st. There will be food, fun, and they're encouraging everyone to decorate their car. And at the Hop Spoken Brewing Company in Ucaipa on October 28th, it's Halloween Dueling Pianos. Dress up in costume and put in your favorite song request. For more Halloween events this month, click our community calendar at kvcrnews.org slash calendar. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, check out our archives at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles or listen to Lifestyles on the KVCR app. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show. Here it comes on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919 Lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharita Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join us next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Yeah, the same sand- yeah.